Tonight, we discuss women. Can't vote with them, can't bring them to combat. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Welcome back to the show. Today we are talking all about women and we start specifically with white women and joining me today, my producer Liam. Hello. So midterms, not too long ago, people are still kind of reeling from that. We had Andrew Clavin on to discuss the results. Uh, Democrats ended up taking the House, Republicans kept the Senate, and throughout all of this people have been looking at voting patterns, trying to examine what exactly does this mean, looking toward 2020, how can we guess like leverage the results for our our benefit and uh, people have been picking a lot on white women now i i don't think it's a surprise to anybody that women tend to be more democrat leaning right more left leaning than uh, no. men are for sure and when you break it down it turns out that in this past election specifically looking at key states like texas where you had the cruz or rourke fiasco um yeah, white women are, are voting Republican uh, in, mm. in the majority, not extremely, but overall. And yeah, the progressives are pissed. We have a piece that just came out from The Hill, which I'll read a bit from. Writing on white women, The Hill writes, quote, Women on the left have a bone to pick specifically with conservative white women. The lifestyle magazine Vogue asks, why do white women continue to vote for the GOP and against their own interests? An op-ed in The Guardian examined what is wrong with white women. Why do half of them so consistently vote for Republicans, even as the Republican Party morphs into a monstrously ugly organization that is increasingly indistinguishable from a hate group? A bitter op-ed published by the New York Times following Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation called conservative white women, quote, gender traders, adding that white women benefit from patriarchy by trading on their whiteness to monopolize resources for mutual gain. So that's just a little taste of what we've been seeing from the left. Uh, Liam, are, are white women the new straight white males of, of women? Yeah, I think that this election cycle has definitely shown that they are, they're now on team white men. And uh, that's a big problem for people on the left, I guess, um, if they want to divide it that way. But I think it's I think it's pretty funny to hear that the way that they're phrasing it is as like gender traders that are voting against their best interest, as if the interests listed in that article, which I don't know if we name them yet, but um, they are pro-abortion, anti-gun, not willing to for enforce immigration laws. Yeah, all the things that women want. Yeah, women. right, yeah, exactly. The idea is this is women. the best universal thing for women, and voting against that would be voting against your best interest. It's just so unbelievably out of tune with reality, I think. And it's I, I hate the idea that because vagina, because vagine, you, you must therefore also want no borders. Like, I mean, I can kind of in this, like, weird, perverse... Uh, self-centered way understand why they paint things like oh yeah free birth control like that's in women's self-interest yeah if we're going to be totally uh i guess selfish about it and not consider the tax implications that apply to women as well but well, whatever but when it comes to something like immigration which they they always talk, how is that being anti-woman like do do women not care about border security is uh you know is being a sovereign nation that's able to vet who comes in and not wanting a you know drug trafficking sex trafficking trafficking child trafficking is that not what women want that's uh, that frustrates me to no end. Also with the thing with the, uh, abortion, right? I, it, uh, women are about as likely to be pro-life as men. I think there's a little bit of a, a slant toward pro-choice, but it's not anything like every single woman mm. is pro-choice. And actually, 
if you look at the reason why these pro-life women are pro-life, it's because they want to protect women in the womb. So just, uh, that's that's really frustrating. But I, I've seen a lot of people say that white women are siding more with their whiteness than their womanness when it comes to voting now, which is interesting. That's pretty good. I mean, I don't even know what to say about that besides. They just, they just love going through these hierarchies and labeling big groups, especially groups that they see as dominant, as problematic. And we're just going to see more of that and more divisiveness as a result of that. Yeah, you know? And I think it's, I mean, if I'm going to be super Machiavellian about it, I think it's kind of a good thing if you're a centrist or right-leaning because I think the more that they try to alienate and marginalize white women, the yeah. more it's gonna there's going to be a backlash, right? And we see this with white men. White men, um, you know, they overall were pretty supportive of Barack Obama. Obviously, they're still one of the most conservative voting groups. But uh, if you compare that to how they voted in 2016, there there has been a little bit of a pushback against just demonizing white men in general. And I think if you, you now mm. extend that to white women as well, it's not going to be good for you. No, not at all. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's the tactic that will win them in 2020, that's for sure. And what else is interesting is when you look at the breakdown of how people vote, it's that not only are white women more conservative, but married women are a lot more conservative than single women. Um, so I can only imagine that they're, I guess, next on the chopping block when it comes to like public condemnation. But that that I thought was really, really interesting, why married women would be more well, there's likely a, There's to a vote. big Venn diagram overlap there, I think. You know, out of all the populations that are likely to get married, it's probably going to be your, your conservative Christian groups more more than any other population group, mm-hmm. um, and that is going to be mostly white women in the United States. So, yeah. I think there's definitely a huge overlap there. Where you know, if you're married, and I think that's a huge part of it, where you don't want your big government coming in. In that case, a lot of times, right? Because I mean, if you're married, I think you're a lot. If you have two salaries, you're a lot more likely to be. Uh, self-reliant, you're probably going to be less likely to, obviously, if you're married, less likely to be a single mom, which, of course, are one of the groups that are most likely to be in poverty. Like, it's awful in the States. Um, Mm. Really, really sad, but I I guess it does make sense. And I actually saw this this one person, actually, it's it's been a few that have been commenting that uh, black women are always on the right side of history. So if you want to be on the right side of history, then you should be voting like a black woman. How, how much history did they actually look over time to, to, to come to that conclusion? Just, I guess, like the U.S. in the past, like, you know, 50 years. Just the past 50 years of history? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, obviously, like, black women are the the most left-wing, like, voting bloc. I mean, even if we look at the results of, like, LGBT people, they're still not 98 or whatever percent it is voting yeah. for the left like black women are. It's pretty insane. Um, yeah, but overall, uh, I, I applaud this new very divisive tactic by the left. I uh, hope it does a great job alienating more voters, bringing them over to, uh, I guess, the light anti-identity politics side of things. I guess we shall see. Okay, our next story on Whammon brings us to Whammon in uniform. Uh, We have this new story from the Army Times. For the first time since the Army opened its special operations jobs to women in 2016, a female soldier has completed the initial Special Forces assessment and selection process, a spokesman for Army Special Operations Command has confirmed to Army Times. Several women have attempted the 24-day program, part of the Special Forces qualification course since then, but none have made it to the next round. Recently, a female successfully completed Special Forces assessment and selection and was selected to attend the Special Forces qualification course. Lieutenant Colonel Lauren Beimer told Army Times, We're proud of all the candidates who attended and were selected to continue into the qualification course in hopes of earning their Green Beret. 
So women in the military, and specifically in combat roles, or roles that could be considered physically strenuous or potentially dangerous, have been a little bit of a hot topic. People aren't sure if they should be opened up to women in the first place, and if so, what the qualifications should be for women to be able to be accepted into these roles. Now, apparently, uh, about two years after special forces operations jobs were open to women, we now have a woman who has actually completed the selection process. Now, from what we understand, and mm. it's... I, Anyone can correct us if we're wrong. She hasn't actually qualified, but she completed the selection process, the 24-day initial training. Um, that's that's it's, Two years is quite a long time for a woman to not have been able to do that. No, but that's the kind of results that I would expect. Frankly, I want to see what, what this woman looks like. I want to <laughs> Some know. Some sort of what like, Ronda Rousey, like... Like, what, does she have one testicle? Like, just not enough to be... Yeah, but is she, like, is she like, grandfathered in from the trans <laughs> Trump thing? Like, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how other people feel about this, but I personally believe that if a woman is able to meet the exact same physical qualifications as a man, then I, I don't have any problem with her, I, I guess, you know, serving in any role. But I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that even though they began accepting women into these new positions, that they're actually, there's still a lower requirement physically for women than for men. Right, which doesn't make sense because the the weight of a man that you have to carry does not change based on your gender. Maybe it's like the buddy system where they just like they have to hire at least two females so that if one of them gets shot then it's the other girl that carries her. But then if like I don't no. I don't think so. And even about what you said about um allowing females to serve if they pass the same tests as males, that sounds good to me. I'm not a a soldier by any means or mm -hmm. have never been I, I haven't served I don't know how that would change the cohesiveness of a unit I don't know yeah. if it would or not that's something that I, I would definitely look at well, as potentially a problem maybe I, I know I've heard people talking about the worry that if there was a female in a unit and something happened to her that the men in the unit would actually abandon the, whatever the mission objective might be in order to save her which is definitely problematic if you're looking at, like you said, cohesiveness yeah. of the unit. But I also think that just if the soldiers, it's like in an office where if you have a woman that a man is with eight hours a day, you know, when she goes to the water cooler, he might want to go to the water cooler too. <laughs> and the other guys might want to go to the water cooler. And then that could just cause some probably some heads to butt yeah. a little bit more often than not, perhaps. And change the group cohesiveness from that perspective. So that that's, that's what I would say. Again... That's not something I'm an expert on. It's just something that I would be considering. Mm -hmm. Regarding the physical requirements, I mean, if I'm assuming that they, they exist for men for a reason, and it's not just the whole idea that you need to carry, uh, like, your, I guess, fallen comrade, which makes sense as well, but, I mean, it has to do with carrying specifically equipment, mm -hmm. um, being able to, I guess, walk a certain amount to different objectives, things like that. I don't see how being a different gender changes those those sorts of things. I, I don't think it should, and I know that, I mean, for essentially ever women have had lower standards i've always found that really really confusing did yeah. you ever see gi jane with demi moore uh no i didn't okay believe it or not it's not a good movie um it's i mean campy 90s movie but uh it was very much like this girl power like women can do anything thing and i i'm for girl power and women's empowerment you know i i yeah, you know, Rosie the Riveter stuff. But when it comes to specifically physical things, I don't think we can overlook this glaring difference in the physicality. Yeah. And I mean, I really, really admire any woman who serves. I have a female friend of mine who's actually you know, done tours, more power to her. But if we're, if we're talking about things where people's lives are on the line, I don't think it makes sense to put 
uh, diversity and inclusiveness above combat readiness. To me, that just, I question those priorities. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that in, a, in an actual time of war, it would become very obvious that that would not be something that is considered. But like, like we said, we have no idea what this woman's role would be. It could be something supportive in a sense it is a combat role but it could be that she's that she's being considered for even yeah and but yeah exactly it doesn't mention it says she's like looking at maybe there are roles that women can fill well i don't know anything about being a sniper but maybe that's something that a woman can do as well as a man actually no but, interestingly enough i was looking at that because men there is a difference in the uh, spatial reasoning oh so men actually at, yeah okay. men actually are better marksmen well sorry yeah i mean yeah <laughs> But I, I appreciate the attempt at equality. And, I mean, just this, as, as an aside, I know that um, the ability for female soldiers, uh, I guess, you know, airmen, uh, marines to come forward and report sexual abuses and impropriety like that, I know that that has been an ongoing issue in the military. That is something people are concerned about. If we increase the number of women who are in these high-stress situations, I, I can't imagine that problem getting better is all i'll say about that yeah although yeah i know i agree with you i don't know though if if we could fault the, we definitely cannot fault the women for that that the problem has to be dealt with i think on a, yeah on of course it way, needs yeah. to be dealt with but i like i mean if this problem already exists and uh i, I don't know any attempts that are we being just need done to get more to... draconian that's all yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's all for today thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time